the past, the present, the future. This is Friday Night Fright. What the planet is listening to. Hey, this is Austin from Friday Night Fright. Shutmania 2019, yo. And today's movie is Cheap Froze Fruits. I, I pass voice impediments of kids, so I can't say some words. Cheap Froze, Cheap Freeze, Cheap Freeze, Cheap Tears, something like that. But anyway, it's a prank, bro. It's a movie, it's about pranks, bro. Pranks, VHS, you know, just a bunch of lads having fun, just pranks. It's a prank, bro, don't take it seriously. We're just pranking, having prank. You know, don't be a prank, have a prank, prank. You know, pranks, jackass, pranks, video cameras, twisted humour, bro. It's just a joke, dude, you know. It's dares, man, truth or dare, truth or dare, dare, truth, 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 dare, dare. It's just prank, bro. Anyway, I'll, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Um, I'll be doing a review of this movie after a word of my sponsors. Shudamania, yo. Hello, so this is Ian. I've just finished watching Cheap Freeze, and it's a really, 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 really good horror movie. Surprise, but it's true. Genuinely excellent. It's always fascinating to watch something like this where you're going thinking, oh, it could be okay. I mean, premise is decent. Namely, going back to a darkly comic thriller, it follows one night segment of two friends participating in a series of escalating paid dares, don't take away from a couple of twists and humour. Now, when you read that, you think, oh, it'd be a bit goofy, bit silly, bit broad, you know, that VHS style where it's like it's an interesting idea, handled maybe with a touch of exploitativeness. Um, maybe a bit, like I said, broad, bit unsubtle, but, you know, pretty maintaining, bit trashy, bit grindhouse, I guess you can say. But this actually goes in a slightly different way. It's very violent. It's very, it is in some ways broad, but it's also a fascinating idea and continues my wrong theme of horror movies don't need supernatural aspects to be a horror movie because this has no supernatural aspects whatsoever. It's literally, as the tagline suggests, married couple, older man, younger woman, Meet up two friend meet up two of his friends from high school who are in rough straits in their lives and dares proceed and start off innoc so innocuously enough, you know, small dares leading up bigger and bigger and bigger dares as movie escalates in volume. It's one of those movies which instead of having peaks and valleys keeps rising up tension increasingly until you get to the last scene, which is actually gen or penultimate scene rather, which is actually generally sad and terrifying and also very you know bittersweet like you get to see the ideas of these two characters descending into betrayal and jealousy and anger with each other as hid as hidden truths come out character versus true character characters are who they are stuff movie and true characters who they find out they are at the end of the movie and it's a fascinating movie because there's no moral... There is a moral of sorts, but it's not moralising too much. It's that Martin Scorsese approach of, we're going to make this movie. We're not going to judge the characters in terms of movie. We're going to let your audience make up their minds. And you do, because these are essentially all horrible people. But at the same time, you can somewhat relate to them in a manner of speaking. Like, they're not... 
black and white characters. There are shades of grey there. Obviously, both characters have made lots of life mistakes to get to this point, but it's quite interesting to see how it unfolds because you get to see more and more of the character stuff come out in a very naturalistic way. It's never loads of exposition uh, up front. It's finding these characters, backing them into a corner, and then find out who they are, which is quite an interesting way of doing it. And as they put out Esclair and Paid Dares, it gets more and more disturbing and plays a bit on prank culture. You know, it's sort of like, oh, it's all fun and games until you're asking people to do things they shouldn't do. For example, Logan Paul, whatever his name is, who thought it'd be good going a to a Japanese forest with other of his moral mates and record someone who commits suicide. The post body, you know? It's not really good idea. That's not a prank. It's just you being a moron and very insensitive and an arsehole and a loser, I guess. Anyway, enough about that. What I really like about this movie is, as I said, the increased intention. You're watching it and you're thinking, how could this get any more disturbing? And also ratcheting up of tension. In a lot of movies, for example, there are spoilers from this point, so if you don't want to listen, don't listen. But if you're going to continue to listen, spoilers. So in seeing which is a homage of sorts of heavy rain, where characters are told, if you cut off your finger, if you cut off your pink finger, I'll give you some information. Naturally, how you can do scenes, just cut finger off, that's violent, but it passes. But if you set up scene tension beforehand and afterwards, if little things like, what weapon they're going to use, which was used to slice lemons, it's going to be quite bitter and it's going to impact on finger and cut. If you impact on the fact that you're asking one friend to do it to another friend, and also the fact they're bartering over the money, so it starts off with 25,000, but they both barter down and lower and lower to the point of the pay that they'll get for doing it is 15,000, which isn't as much as they want it first. So you've got that tension. And you've got tension of asking one friend cut the other friend's pinky off. And then got tension for the lemon. And then got tension for the iron corner, which will cauterize the wound afterwards. And then fat that should I take painkillers four hours after it's cut off? And then when it's cut off, that's the terrifying part. But sat before that point, it's made it even worse because your mind's going to drive on how bad it's going to be, what it's going to look like, how characters going to react. And then there's that little moment afterwards where you're sort of like, oh, well, maybe that's all fine. And then the screams start. And then they can't cauterize because your iron can't come out and things like that because it's plugged in. It's really clever, really clever writing and direction and acting. Indeed, Love Move is really clever because it's saying one location, so it's not inherently cinematic, but camera moves in a very naturalistic way and it doesn't draw too much attention to it. But at the same time, you know you are watching a movie. Although I did have to shut my curtains because the light from outside, seeing the screen, it's very light day in Aylesbury, and it was making a bit of a blur, so I couldn't see it because it's quite a dark movie. So, you know, instead of... um. Complain about it, maybe turn up your brightness but if you can't see it or shut some curtains, something like that. The acting, I really enjoyed. David Kushner is the um, husband in this movie of the uh, Eve insidious, sorry, morally ambiguous couple. And he's primarily a comic actor, but he does a really good job in this movie because it levels into false security. He obviously played Champing Anchorman, so you're watching and so like, oh, it's a very champ performance until you start getting too young current of it. Enough by all slight, wasn't it? It, had, it ends, but it doesn't have an ending where it's sort of like, oh, a twist, pointless twist or anything like that, or even any moral judgment or anything. It's The movie is very much, this is how it ends, this is what where we're going to stop the movie. It could continue from this point, but it doesn't need to. You know, what's been done has been done. And that's quite fascinating. 
I also found the visual side of it quite interesting. Like, for example, Bit End, where... Oh, I can't remember any names. I think it's David, um, the male character. David, the male... Um, sorry, ignore oh, that message. David, the male... Um, the not husband of the woman who's organising games, husband of some is. He's obviously doing it for his family, but in this bit later on movie where he's the, for lack of a better word, Victor, and he's looking down at the floor on ceiling superimposed, uh, or projected on ceilings, photographed murdering the evening of F1 happy happier friend's mind. And it's a really cool shot because it shows you the change from the start of the movie to the end, but not in a preachy way. You get to see how far the characters... Sorry, his name's Craig. You get to see how far the characters have evolved throughout the movie. And it's a really nice bit of visualness to it. So what do I give movie? I would give it 4 out of 5. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very violent. But very violent in an interesting way, you know? Where it's using the violence and racking up tension to make a fascinating horror movie. Which is saying something about society in a non-preached way, which is something I particularly enjoy. So yeah, very good. Very enjoyable. Definitely recommended. Um, I think even though I might have given out some spoilers, I think you'd probably watch a movie even if you've known them. But if you haven't seen the movie, definitely watch anyway, because spoilers and anything I've said don't really impact on the movie because it's such fascinating contrast. Anyway, it's best time to get buzzed up on the next movie, which is going to be The Ranger. Directed by Jen Wetzler, 3 out of 5 on Shudder, Skulls on Shudder, 8 minutes long, 2018 English. I'll describe it tomorrow, but it's a Shudder exclusive, so hey, that has to be a bit of a good movie. Anyway, this is Ian Austin signing off, saying, remember, life is beautiful, and I'll see you tomorrow for more Shudmania.